Welcome to another episode of Proudcast. Today, I'm going to continue in a series which I started two episodes ago, and this is a series on explaining or, or elaborating upon the, the fundamental principles of Proud. Proud, of course, is the acronym for the Progressive Utilization Theory, and basically it describes an economic and social system which will take us beyond capitalism and also beyond even the other, other systems which have been proposed as alternative to capitalism and take us to a, a better future and also hopefully even a better present. So in that last episode I did in this series, I said that the first principle of Proud states that no individual should be allowed to accumulate any physical wealth without the permission of society. So this is a very um, stunning statement because it's, we're talking about now um, the ceiling of the economic house. You know, like there's a floor, people talk about the economic, the social safety net, that no one should sink, you know, so low that we should have a net to protect them. But we're proud is also saying that also we have to put a ceiling on the economic house and, and nobody should shoot through the roof because massive accumulation results in many problems. And I spoke about that in the last uh, podcast. So, and I think you understand uh, um, that when many, a few people have a lot, um, it, it distorts the economic system, it distorts the political system. So we won't talk about that today, but you know, but whenever this, when we propose this to anybody, there are, there are a lot of people who just say immediately, oh, but how will we have incentive? You know, so how will we have incentive? As, as if actually, um, I'm going to shoot their argument down right now, but as if you really need a billion dollars to be inspired. But anyway, you need something to get you inspired. So the second principle of Proud, which is the main subject for today, um, talks about, it deals with that in, in, in part of it, in part of the statement. So what is this statement? It says there should be maximum utilization and rational distribution of the mundane, supramundane, and spiritual potentialities of the universe. So there should be maximum utilization and rational distribution of the mundane, supramundane, and spiritual potentialities of the universe. Okay, so this is a, a, a big statement here. I'm going to go into, there are two parts of it. One part is the utilization of the resources. So, and these resources, and then is the second part, when we talk about rational distribution, this addresses the, the question which I just raised about the first principle, about incentive. But let's go into the, we'll do it um, linear fashion, and let's look at the, the first part of it, which is, it should be, maximum um, utilization. There should be maximum utilization of the, of the, the resources of the, of the universe. But here, you know, we're talking about mundane, supramundane, and even spiritual. So what is that? So mundane resources, we should, we know what mundane resources are. These are, you can look around, you'll see the forest, you'll see the water, you'll see the, the soil. So we should utilize these, there should be maximum utilization of, of these resources. But what for? They should, to satisfy fundamental human needs. You know, not, this is a big 
point too. It's not to, just to um, mass profit or something like that. So there should be maximum utilization of these resources to, to satisfy the needs of people. So that's a, that's a reasonable statement. Of course, you know, when we utilize any resource, there are always problems of it, you know, the, of what well, could be pollution or, or there could be question of ecological balance and things like this. These things have to be taken into consideration. But still, we have to go ahead and to make use, good use of, of the, the resources at hand. So we talk about mundane resources. But there's two words in here um, which are not clear. You know, they're, they're not clear what that could be, especially in regard to resources. So he talks about, and he, I mentioned, it's P.R. Sarkar, who's the, the framer of the, uh, of the introducer of the Prout philosophy, the Prout approach. So in, in this principle, it's phrased like, as mundane, supramundane. So what is supramundane? Uh, this is something which, this is, I'm doing this actually, it's my own interpretation, um, but you can examine it. Um, supramundane, as in my interpretation, is suppose you have a forest. So you look at the forest as an economist, um, you know, someone who knows about the economic resources, and then you could measure the, how many trees there are, and, and you can calculate how, what is the, the worth of, of the wood and, and, and any other resources, physical things you would find in the forest that could be utilized for human um, consumption or use. And you could come to a number. It's an economic number. So that's, that's the value. That's the economic value of that forest. But that's mundane. Supramundane, I would look at it like this. Suppose there is a forest and you're looking at the forest and, and has a beauty. There's a natural beauty in it. And that beauty can inspire people. So maybe it can be used for recreational use or something like that. So that, that recreational or, or that supramundane or the aesthetic value of the forest also has to be Considered so, the, the worth of the forest is not just the trees, because once you chop down the trees, what's there? And even you've also destroyed the 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 beauty. You destroyed the the recreational or other uses that the forest could have. So, super mundane would be that we should also take into consideration aesthetic uh, values of a, of things. Like there's a mountain top. You could you could um, there's certain kinds of um, of mining, where they just they take away a mountain, they could scrape away the mountain. But maybe that mountain had economic value, but it also has people used to climb there and get inspired. So, so that's that's what for me, that's what super mundane potentiality is. But people, we can argue that um, anyone can, we can super mundane resources, we can that can be argued. Next comes, and there's another thing that comes. And this is also my interpretation. It's talking about the spiritual resources or spiritual potential of the universe. So what is this? Now, generally, when we talk about spiritual, we talk about, usually we're thinking about a person. Let's say I'm doing a, I'm a person and I'm doing a prayer or I'm doing a, a spiritual practice. So that's, that's a personal kind of thing. But here, I'm looking at it in terms of resources, um, and, and the utilization of those resources and, and the proper utilization of those use resources. 
So here, the example I'll give is this. Suppose there is a site, and it could be a building, or it could be, a, a let's say, a, a Native American burial ground, but it's a place of like, Rich, rear, prayer, ritual. It's a place where people have done their, their spiritual pursuits. It could be for generations, even millennia. So that place has a certain value which is beyond the economic value. Suppose there was an ancient church, and if you go on the, there's a, there's a site where you can go online and you can check the real estate values of the different places. So suppose that that church is in a certain neighborhood, you can go online and you can look up how many square foot that church has, and you can calculate the, um, you can calculate the, the value of that plot where the church is. And then someone can make a decision, yeah, it's, it'd, be, it'd be worth more as a bowling alley, or we can make a dance hall, we could put a bar there. But should that be done? Because that spiritual value, which is of century, people have, this is something, if you're a diehard materialist, you not accept, but, but people who, who are susceptible to this kind of argument, can, we can say that, yes, yeah, certain places, they have a, they have a certain um, vibration, if I can add that word, but they have a certain feel to it that inspires you when you walk into a cathedral there's a certain inspiration that you get from the architecture, and not only just the architecture, because it's been a place where people have come and they've they've poured out their hearts for, for you know centuries and and like that. So it's a certain there's a certain feel. Every place has its own feel to it, and and if you're susceptible to it, if you're if you're um, attune yourself to it, there's also spiritual vibrations. And those vibrations can be utilized. How can they be utilized? You can use that. It's easier. It's easier to do that practice in, in that nice setting than it is like if you're in a dirty junkyard and you, you try to sit down and do your prayer, do your meditation. It's, it's not a very, it's not conducive. So that place is conducive to your practice. So that's what I call a spiritual resource. So what this, the, this second principle, and at least the first part of it is saying, that humanity, we should maximally utilize the different resources that we have, whether they be physical or aesthetic or super mundane, or even even um, we should spiritual certain places which have are conducive to higher pursuits. We should we should protect them. We should give them as much value for that for that um, quality as we do for the the physical. Um, Quality, so we shouldn't measure everything just by um, dollars and cents on the on the physical scale. So we should think about these supramundane and spiritual potentials, and but we should make maximum use of these things to satisfy the needs of humanity. Now, okay, so you make maximum use of, of you, or you, you you consume you make use of all these materials, but how? How are you going to? This is the wealth. This is the, the physical, mundane, mundane, super mundane, spiritual wealth of the universe. But how are we going to distribute it? So this is the question, which um, is 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 
talked about in the first principle, we said it's we say no, it's not good if there's over accumulation by a few, um, and then many people will suffer. But then, how are we going to do it in a, in a fair way and a rational way? So, what is rational? What is fair? So, one some people could say, well, okay, it's easy, you do equal, but equal distribution is not always fair and it's not always rational. For instance, suppose you're in a family of five and then there's one, one um, of the, the siblings is a growing teenage boy. Uh, you know, he, he might need to eat more than the little sister. So, so, the ration, so equal distribution is not going to cut it. You know, if he, he gets the same amount as his dainty little sister, he needs more. He's a growing boy. He's playing football. He's, he's lifting weights, jogging, this and that. So he needs more. So we have to think, who needs more, who needs less? And so here's how uh, Prout would tackle this. What, what Prout says is that, first of all, that, and this is also a preliminary to the, these fundamental principles, that, that there should be a, a bottom, you know, no one should go below a level. So the, the minimum necessities should be assured for people. And we'll talk about how, to, how we would do that um, in, in future podcasts. But the minimum should definitely be assured to people. But then you're still, if, even if you, let's say we assure the minimum to people, then there's going to be extra. How are we going to apportion the extra? So here's one way of looking at it. You know, when a new product or a new invention is released, it's rare at first. Like, for instance, when, when the computers were first introduced, you know, they're rare, they're expensive, um, and only a few people, uh, a few people can afford them, you know. What, automobile is an example too. Automobile was once a, a, an oddity, and then it became a luxury, and now it become a necessity. So, if you think about, I'll go use the automobile as an example. I can use the computer also, but the automobile becomes a thing of the rich people. So, Proud says, no, don't just give it to the gilded rich. Give that automobile. If we can only produce a few of them, then give it to the doctors, give it to the people who will use it for service. Give it to people, yeah, we'll inspire, let's inspire that, that doctor. Yes, you're going to have your car. Because now no one does the house calls, but in the old days, that's what they did. But, but then when, when the standard goes up and we can produce more cars, then we'll pro they provide it to others. So the idea of rational distribution is that we have... Um, we, we have a, the minimum f is there for, for everybody, and the extra portion, let's allocate it intent intelligently um, as, as rewards to people who have contributed, and who not only have contributed, but will they, they will utilize that car that, or that computer for some kind of service. So like when the computers were rare, then it would be really good if a scientist will have it, or a mathematician, or a doctor, and they can utilize it. But then when they become common, of course, everybody's going to utilize it. But when things are rare, then give it to the, what we call the meritorious people. So what that means is that there will be a gap. There will always be a gap between what is common um, requirements and what is um, the rewards. So there should be a gap. So, But the gap should be managed in, in um, rationally. 
So what is rational? So today, let's say you're working in a company. You're the janitor. Maybe you're the, you could be the lowest paid employee. It doesn't matter what that is. But whatever that is, you're the lowest paid employee. And then you, in your company, there's a CEO. And so what is the salary of that CEO? It could be 360 times your salary. And actually, I'm talking a salary now. There's also a question of wealth accumulation. That's actually what the first principle addresses. But here, let's just talk about salary. One is you. 360 is the, is the CEO. So that is not fair. It's not rational. But suppose, now there is a place in um, the Basque region of northern Spain called Mondragon. It's like a, it's a giant cooperative of the you know, association of several factories, I believe it is. And so it's completely cooperative in the sense that the workers are the owners. And so there, because they also, even when you have a cooperative, you still have to have managers. So they elect managers. But those managers, even the CEO, is only paid nine times more than the, the lowest. So, so there's incentive. Yeah, it's incentive. You don't want to get one. You want to get nine instead of one. So you should work hard. But there's not 360. You're not going to go to 360. So that's what rational distribution is. Provide the, the resources to the, um, the people as for their common needs. And then the extra, the, the surplus portion that we generate as a society, then let's intelligently apportion that to the people who have contributed. And, and who not only that, they can utilize those goods to increase their contribution, to increase their service to humanity. So that's the concept. So maximum utilization, we should utilize all of the things at our disposal, whether they be mundane, either it's physical or super mundane, aesthetic, or even spiritual. All of those resources that we have at our human disposal, we should utilize them for the, to satisfy the needs of people. And then, how are we going to satisfy the needs? We're going to certainly make sure that everyone has their minimum, and we are going to give the surplus to inspire people to do an even greater contribution to humanity. And, and then what's going to happen? It's good. And as humanity, in, as we go forward, because, you know, productivity is expanding. It always expands. So the, the minimum standard is going to raise. It's not going to stay. This is not steady state economics. Like, you know, some ecologists want that. But there's no proud, pr- We think that a rising standard of living is good. We have to certainly care for the ecological consequences, but still, we people, no one wants to stay in a rut forever. So there's going to be a rise in standard of living for society. But in that rise, we can't allow um, uh, the gap between the top and the bottom to become um, out of hand as it is in today's society. So this is the second principle of proud. Um, you should look at it again. I think we have it. Uh, we're on the uh, proudalliance.org website. You can look at the, the fundamental principles of Prout. Uh, you could see it in, in black and white in writing. And just think about that as maybe this is the way forward you know, to, to solve our problems and, and how maybe we can do something about um, 
the income inequality and the gap and and then but still inspire the people that's the that's the key point of this at least the second part of the second principle there will be inspiration and there will be a way to move ahead it's not going to be just everybody get the same thing or do nothing you still get something no it's not like that but it's a system where you will be inspired to do a lot but we'll still be working in cooperation with everybody so this is the second principle of proud maximum utilization and rational distribution so that's all for today um, this is another episode of Proutcast. I'm thinking of almost rebranding the the podcast because in French proud our acronym for progressive utilization theory means something else <laughs> you can look it up and uh, there's one like a band I don't know if it's a band or a podcast they also call themselves Proutcast. so I'm 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 in the um, middle of possibly changing the branding of our p- podcast but the show will go on and we have a lot more to say and if you have any questions and you're watching this or you're listening to this um, via the proudalliance.org website you can contact us leave a comment and we're always happy to address them and we're going to be having later in this week another uh, podcast it'll be on we're going to discuss some topical issues um, you know there's a lot of stuff things going on this is April 14th now and there are a lot of turmoil going on in the United States and all over the world in in terms of um, economics and um, public health and we're going to be looking up at some of these developments in light of proud the progressive utilization theory okay that's all for me today and I hope to um, be back with you very soon so thank you for listening you